Hi guys, this is Stephen Cornelio and you're listening to Talking with Tico. Hey guys, welcome to episode 158 of Talking with TK. I'm your host, Tristan Cannell. Today we're going to be moving away from the NRL, and one of the best players in the AFL is going to be joining me today in Stephen Cornelio. Steve, he is the GWS captain, and he's an absolute sensational player. Played on the All-Star game on Friday as well. So one of the, the most highly regarded players in the AFL today. So it's going to be great to pick his brain and do something a little bit away from my usual rugby league. So I'm really excited to get Steve on the show. If it's your first time here or whether you haven't caught up on all the back catalogue, definitely check it out at www.talkingwithtk.com. you also find the podcast on all the good podcast apps, Apple Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can find them. Definitely check out my stable mates on the Diamond Tina Podcast Network. Check out the Batuta Advocate. Hello Sports, Dylan and Friends, the Halfcast Podcast. There's something for everyone in our podcast network, so definitely check out some of those potties. Talking with Champions, my book is out now. So duck into Dimmix, or you can get it online at Dimmix Booktopia. Angus and Robertson, it's 75 of my... Favorite interviews broken down into the best bits. So it's perfect for a gift for your dad, your boyfriend, or your husband. Even the girls have been loving it. So definitely check it out. Dimix Booktopia or Angus and Robinson. All right, guys. Excited to break away from a little bit of NRL today and just see the minds of some of our best sportsmen in Australia. So today I introduce Stephen Cornelia. All right, guys, my special guest today is Stephen Cornelio. Stephen is a pro AFL player for the GWS Giants, where he's also the club captain. He was drafted number two in the 2011 draft. Steve has played 133 games for the club, kicking 78 goals. He's also an integral part of the team's success over the last five years. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, mate. Appreciate uh, appreciate having me on. Yeah, it's a good profile already, man. And congratulations first up because you've just become sole captain of yeah. the GWS Giants, and it's it's a big move, like because you've just signed an extension as well. Yeah, that was a no. Thank you very much. I think um yeah, it was a busy couple of months for me personally, but um no, I think um not only for myself but for my family. So sort of very proud honour to be captain and um. I just hopefully I can win some games now. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. We've got you for life now because yeah. when you think about it, what are you, 25 now? Uh, yep. 26, am I? 26. 26. Yeah, seven 26, years. Yeah. That'll take you into kind of like yeah. those early 30s. Exactly. So, so, mate, in today's day and age of pro, pro sports, yeah. people don't stay at one club for this long, mate. Yeah. So, you're a Sydney boy through and through, I reckon. <laughs> no, I was, I was actually, um, I remember my, my cousin actually... Say that to me. Um, when I, I remember growing up, I said in Perth, I'm going to play for West Coast one day, and yeah. I'll play there forever. I'm not going to any club. And loyalty is a big thing for me. So to to be able to obviously not at West Coast, but at the Giants, yeah. which is obviously more important to me now. That's for sure. To to say I'll be one club player will be something that's very special. Yeah, how's it? Because you guys made the grand final, and you've had so many good results leading in the last four or five years. The boys must be pumped for this season to to kind of reverse what happened in the grand final. No, we are. I think we'll be um for sure better off for the experience. Um, we've had four final series in a row. Um, I don't, there there isn't a team in the AFL that's been able to do that. So uh, our, our biggest thing is just we need we need a, we need some silverware and we need a cup yeah. and um you know very much driven to to help the to help the 
group you know, achieve that. I think if you look at our our injury list over the last couple of years, we've had a hard run. So just to be able to walk into training now and have you know a lot a fit group, which we haven't had for such a long time, you know, yeah. is um is really positive signs early. But people, I think, underestimate the success of GWS when you think you, you guys. Are- Kind of, I see it like a very Melbourne st- Storm style yep. kind of success. When you think last five years, like pr- two prelims, one elimination final, a grand final last year. When you think you're there for the day one, man, like when you guys were getting absolutely pumped and you weren't winning any games for those first two, develop this club into something. It's, it's pretty special down here, now, man. Yeah, very special. Yeah. And um, that's something definitely we're very, very proud of. And um, not only for ourselves, but I think for the fans and that to be able to call the Giants their team is something that. Um, you know, resonates a lot with me. Obviously, having a you know affectionate for the club, but um, it's funny you said that because a lot of our a lot of our stuff. I remember a couple of years ago we went and spent some time with the with the storm, mm. uh, and, and we didn't we didn't sort of I don't say copy um, much that they did, but it was more about being a club like theirs where they're yeah. in a foreign. But you're uh, seeking out information. Yeah, exactly. From the best. They're they're, 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 yeah. in a, they're in a, a non rugby league state um, mm. and they and they just rock up every year and, and more importantly they produce really good people off the back of that and I think um, their culture and our culture are very similar in, in, in the way that uh, you know it's a good place to be around and, and not only produce good footballers but good people as well mm. that's actually funny you say that good people yeah we'll talk about that a little bit later but yeah i think the big similarity is like especially for a lot of their players they say well they kind of fly under the radar yeah like for example for you in in sydney like you're one of the superstar players of the gws giants but yep. aside from maybe some diehard swannies and obviously your own fans like you can literally like we were talking before if you don't live too far from the clock you can go to the clock and not be bothered yeah yep yeah it's um yeah, uh, you know what it's actually i'll say it's a good thing and a, and, a, and a bad thing good thing good thing because um i love for me i love it i think the the that's that, that's what appealed to me most about um staying in sydney i think um naturally i wouldn't say i'm like the most private person i love my, i love my privacy but at the same time i think it's it's great that we can walk around and and, and even for opportunities outside of football to be able to yeah. um you know go into a, whether, whether it be an interview or a meeting or something like that and not, they don't know AFL, they don't care about AFL mm. a lot of the time so it's like you have to just be like everyone else and i think that helps when you when some of our guys leave footy or some of the ones leave footy they've already yeah. had that that, that taste. experience yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so um, and then on the flip side, I think sometimes the the spotlight can either bring the best out of someone or the, or the worst. And I think um, you know, a lot of times you might um, we we might escape scrutiny. Um, we, we definitely um, we definitely cop it from the Melbourne media. But um, you know, a lot a lot of players in Melbourne probably you know because there's they're well, you can't the do anything so on the drink, can you? No, no, like... exa- exactly. That's that's the that's that's the, that's the best bit. You know what? To, for, for me, like. I grew up in a vineyard, so to be able to, to to be able to go out and have a glass of yeah, a couple of glasses of red wine and have dinner and enjoy like with your friends or you know have having fun on the weekend and off season or yeah. pre season, it's that's that's important I think for for life in general and to be able to do that and not not be hassled or not have to worry about someone sending a photo in or something yeah, like that. I think sure. it's great. Now, Steve, like what I like to see is someone with a really good tan because yeah. usually someone with a really good tan means you guys have been outside training yeah. the house down mate you're, yeah you're looking pretty good night right now mate so <laughs> I, I, I was looking today i thought i could i think i thought i could improve but it hasn't been uh... you're looking pretty good mate <laughs> so mate tell me a little bit about like kind of because obviously we come from a very rugby league and we know they get mm-hmm. belted in the off season and I'm yep. sh- i know that you guys are just as great athletes probably even better when on your feet because yep. 
the amount of endurance work that you guys have to do and things like that. So can you give us kind of insights for us nuffies, yep. a little bit about an off-season for an AFL player? Yeah, so our um, uh, pretty much our off-season whilst we're away from the club is all about, uh, I think, more like when you start, when you're a first or second year player and you go away, you tend to just have a break, but then you realise yeah. that when you come back, the demands are so high. So as you grow up, I think with with experience, with maturity, you just you learn you just have to keep fit. Yeah. When when we get back and we get into training, like I mean, this week at the moment we're doing um, like Monday, uh, Saturday just gone. Mm. They don't really take in, they don't really care about the temperature. What it's <laughs> no, saying. I can imagine. Um, so yeah, it's 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 we're doing fourteen. I think we did 14k on Monday. Yeah. So, and we'd probably do that, you know, a couple of times a week, and then there might be a session where we do maybe 11 or 12k. That's a lot of work, man. So it's a lot of work, sort of like a lot of running, especially in preseason. Yeah. Um, we compared to maybe rugby league, where they're doing a lot more contact. When we first come back, the first couple of weeks, we sort of go without contact, and and now, um, you know, we do, we do a grappling or wrestling session during mm-hmm. our training, and then top up in the afternoon on on a, on a Thursday. So. Um, yeah, you're looking at like it's, it's a lot of running. I think uh, now as we get closer to games, more drills come into it. Yeah, because um, then you're doing weight sessions and all sorts. Yeah, of stuff too, yeah, yeah. So yeah, a typical day would be, for instance, today we do. Um, sorry, yesterday we did was our main day, so we do 14 k's on the track. Yeah, might come off at 11:30, do half an hour recovery, have about 45 minutes for lunch, and then we'll go into weights for an hour. Uh, so lower leg. Yeah weights um and then after that we'll do wrestling for probably about 45 minutes we might bring in there might be some you say wrestling yeah wrestling uh, we do wrestling slash combat stuff yeah, nice one. um has that only been like recent that we've, we've done it we've done it for a few years i think it's it's definitely reflected in the way we we we, we had some rugby league um guys come in and, and just like their, their tackling is obviously elite so yeah yeah uh, to teach us some different things for our sport, so we, so we've done that now for a few years, and then and then after that we we'll do um, like you might have physio for half an hour if you, yep. if you need it. Otherwise, you're doing resilient stuff, and okay. you walk away, you know, sort of four four thirty, and and that's sort of like our, our main day. We do that three times a week, and then the other the other couple of days are more more your education stuff or yep. physio and 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 that. Yeah, you you roll yourself because you know you've always been a leader, so. Mm-hmm. Now you've actually got the official armband that says you're the captain. In terms of that, what do you think the major changes for yourself has been since you actually got the official nod? I think, um, although I've been vice captain for you know a couple of years now, um, I didn't. Say, uh, I've always aspired to be a captain one day. Whether or not it happened, it, it didn't really bother me too much. So, yeah. but I always tried to act as I was a captain of the, of the, of the club, um, yeah. help out the, the boys, you know, above me as much as, uh, as much as possible. And, and I always think along the way, if I was captain, how, what would I do in this situation or yeah. what other things can I implement? Um, you know, the biggest thing for, for me is number one, just we've got a great culture already. Um, yeah. so there's not too many really things I'm changing or major things that I'm changing. I think, um, as a, as a, as a captain now, I think you, you obviously have more conversations around, you know, the club or, or the team or things that you might not have been asked before or, um, you know, more intimate conversations with the coach around maybe game plan or, or yep. ideas and mm-hmm. having input on that. I think the, yeah, the biggest thing is just, just making sure, if, you know, for me as well, constantly each year you have to improve, um, and, uh, just making sure that the, 
that everyone in the team is is living in that zone. They're not they're not comfortable. That they're they're hungry. They're as hungry as I am to to get back to where we were last year and to and to bring something home. I think um, individually and collectively that the AFL was so even now yeah. that if you think you're going okay, then then you're not. And um and 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 teams and, and other players will quickly catch up. Yeah, for sure. Have you had time to reflect? Because when you were drafted in well back into 2011, like we're talking about eight years ago now, yeah. and all you young guys just come through together. You didn't really have any superstars at the start, but look at your team now. Yeah. Like you stack with some really, yeah. really outstanding high-level elite players. Can you believe how quickly, like in such a <laughs> short period of time, you guys have become such a you know great club, you know what I mean? Yeah, there was definitely some challenging years. I mean, um, to, ref- to, to look back and reflect, I try not to too much. I always try and um, look, to the, look to the future. And, you know, one day when I retire, hopefully I've got, you know, stacks to, to, to look mm. back on. Um, you know, I, I still haven't seen. I've been in the AFL eight years and never watched never watched one game of mine or of our teams. Um, and uh, but I think that second year in particular was 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 difficult because um, the progression of our club. We just thought it was going to go yeah. on the upward scale, and you know, no like sort of dips or anything like that. So to win two games in our first year was a you know a big tick. Even though it sounds sounds funny to but say, huge, we're, we're, we're eighteen yeah. year old kids running around. Second year we won one, and that was really deflating because um, you know personally my form wasn't great, and a lot of our, our, our better players now were in the same boat. Where we personally we're questioning ourselves, and we're getting beaten up every week by, yeah. but and then um, you know we're, th- we're thinking you know these guys, their coach and general manager and our CEO are saying that we we're, we're going to be you know contending for finals in a couple of years, and at that at that age because you don't have that experience. Um, you can only hold on to hope. So, yeah. um, so you know, we came back that third year, and, and must have built a whole heap yeah. of resilience in you guys. Uh, and that's and that's the thing that that third and fourth year when we took off, and then and then our fifth year we played in our first final series and made it to a preliminary final. Off the back of um, we we start we got to that sort of fifty to one hundred game mark as players, we're all playing together, and we remembered the teams that beat mm. us up in the early days and, and use that as motivation. Um, but even the Swans, the rivalry yeah. was different, way different way to different. what it is. Yeah, way different. So now there's a proper rivalry. Yeah. Um, so a whole, lot of, a whole lot of lessons, particularly resilience. Um, and, um, and yeah, we're very fortunate for, I don't know, I look, I look, the only thing I would say on, on reflection in my career is I've been very blessed in the fact that I've been able to build this from from the very yeah. first year with with a it's lot much of different to yeah. most rookies now. Yeah. Imagine some of the rookies you guys exactly now. yeah with a lot of our teammates and and, and even um, and I think uh, Brad Hill for Hawthorne at um, at the stage where we were twenty three or twenty two he'd already had three premiership medals. Um, <laughs> Jesus, so it's just very different, um, very different. Uh, and I played with him at underage level, so very different <laughs> stories. Um, and of course, I'm. I'm very jealous of what at least oh, one of them, but uh, you'll but, get yours. Yeah, we will get ours. But uh, but yeah, I think um, I'm very blessed for the for the journey and, and friendships I've been able to make so far. Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll come back to you for a little bit. I kind of you got a great backstory. So tell me a little bit about Stephen Canilio growing up in Perth. Yep, you come from an Italian background. Is it Italian English? Is it? Yeah, Italian English. Yeah, my, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your family. Yeah, so um, yeah, family's obviously huge for me. My um, my dad's side of the family's all Italian. My mum's side of the family's English. Yep. Um, a lot of my mum's family's still back in back in the UK. Uh, my dad obviously has uh, family back in Italy, but a lot of them came over in the late fifties, early sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're all set up in Perth. So f- for me, growing up, it was um, you know a lot of the afternoons. It would be um, you know two days a week at one. 
uh, Nan and Pops, and then two days a week at my um, at my non and non nuls. Um, very, very, very blessed up. Blessed it's good up that you got different names yeah. for the grandparents. That's, what, that's yeah, mad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's a lot of English food, and we'd have like a roast at my yeah, Nana's yeah. on a Friday night, and then Wednesday night would be like a full you know Italian, Italian yeah, food yeah. at my Nana's lasagna and ah, yeah, chicken cutlets hungry, and whatnot. Mate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, yeah, so growing up, man, I, th- I think AFL. It wasn't it wasn't something that was huge in our family. Yeah. Um, I remember playing, you know, soccer. My brother, my eldest eldest brother, um, John O played, you know, soccer before mm-hmm. he played AFL and I was playing at school and then it wasn't until primary school where my friends were all playing it and I thought, may as well, you know, give it a mm. give it a crack and, and, and played cricket and, and football for, you know, pretty much up until I moved to Sydney. So for me it was um yeah, for me sport was sport was huge. I love I love school, um but my, my my goal was always to to be you know an athlete. Yeah, okay. We'll yeah. talk in sports a little bit. What's this I hear that you're the golden child of the family, mate? <laughs> is true. this true? It is true. Yeah, it is true. I think it has. How so do you get this golden child ticket? Uh, I don't know. I think I um I don't know what it is, but it always I just always had it as a kid, and then uh, and then when I moved, particularly to Sydney, the yeah. fact that I don't get to see me. So they I've, value your yeah, time. Yeah, I think they just value my time a, li- a, yeah. a little bit. They love they love obviously hearing from me. I love hearing from them, but. Um, you know, even even now, we'll, I'll go home for Christmas break or, or whatever, and Mum will say, "Oh, what do you want for dinner?" And I'll say, "You know, one thing." And my brother will arc up in the background, "Oh, you haven't made, <laughs> you haven't made that for a year, and it's just years back." And um, yeah, just little little things like that. Uh, I think everyone in my family had braces except for me, um, so I probably saved oh, them, really? probably saved them some money along the way. <laughs> <laughs> probably saved them some money along the way as well. Just little things like that, but um. Maybe just the fact that, yeah, not that they're sick of everyone else, but they seem they seem they heaps and not me. How many yeah. siblings do you have? I've got two. I've got an elder brother, a uh, younger brother, and a younger sister. So, okay. Yeah, I'm the second of four. Yeah. Wow. Are the younger ones they quite sporty as well? Yeah, my little brother plays in the waffle. Um, oh, does for he? Perth, he plays in the waffle. And how old uh, Jacob's 25. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's a uh, our backyard battles growing up were, were hated cricket, cricket or football. I mean, I remember hated. Yeah, big time. Yeah, my little, my little, my little brother in particular, um, short fuse, um, and then my, Jono was always my oldest brother was always one sort of breaking it up. But um, the, the back, the backyard cricket battles. You know, I remember dressing up. We'd, we'd dress up in all white sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be, you know, in our in our whites and, and take it take it you know full serious. And then um, other times with footy, it'd just be Jacob and I. Pretty, every afternoon, we'd be, we'd be doing something, um, whether it be you know on, on the in the gym or or running hills or whatever it is, I was just obsessed with um yeah. with making it and um you know there's a few sort of funny stories and and and, and that, that along the way I remember we uh we broke mum and dad's um lighting on on the staircase <laughs> we got two levels at my place and we'll, yeah. we'll, like a lot of like, lot of, like a lot of people growing up you'd have to make do with what you got for inside your mum wouldn't let you play yeah, um, yeah. ball sports inside so we, we taped up you know two socks together and then um. My brother says it's me. I say it was him, but he, someone's <laughs> kicked the kicked the socks and it's hit the this this light. It had like four lights on the way up our stairs, and they were, they were their wedding gift from from my nana and pop. And um, unfortunately, there's only two now. So I know. Go hiding. Hit on the roof, and it was a hot summer's day in Perth. Hit on the roof for about four hours till my dad got back from. Um, to my dad got back from uh, from cricket. He was playing. He used to play in the afternoon and Saturday <laughs> afternoon. So we were so scared of my mum. She was crying and yelling and, and telling us to come down. We were so scared that we 
hit up on a tin roof, which wasn't the smartest idea for, for four hours till my dad got <laughs> back and commanded us to get down. <laughs> <laughs> Some great battles there. Yeah. Mate, tell me about, because you were an opening batsman, right? Yeah. In your cricket career, because yeah. you were quite talented. Was it Warriors that you made into as well? Yeah, I played a lot of um, a lot of underage stuff. So, um, I mean, for for WA, I was I played uh, state seventeens for, for both years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to play in the schoolboys Australia team. We we toured mm-hmm. India for a couple of weeks. That would have been an experience. Yeah, it was great, amazing. And where then, where um, were you in India? Uh, we went to so we were in uh, Delhi. Um, yeah, we broke it up. We went to um, we went to Agra for we went to Agra to see the Taj Mahal. Mm-hmm. Um, probably. Probably still to this day the, the the best thing I've I've ever seen. Really? Um, yeah. Would we'll just blow you away straight just up. Just blow me away. Just one of those. Just one of those things. I mean, you can only you only see on sort of travel shows or magazines. Yeah. Um, and then it's not until you're there. And I, I was sort of 16, going on 17. We there, and you actually take in. Um, everything was just pristine. It was just like it was honestly. It was like it's made from somewhere above. Yeah. Um, and it was like every every angle. Um, My mum said something it. similar. Yeah. She went last year, and yeah. she was pretty blown away. Yeah, every away. every. So it doesn't matter where you're looking at it. You can look at it from the side or an angle, or whatever. Everything's the same both both ways, and it's just architecture, just unbelievable. And mm. and any inside is just yeah incredible. How did you find the cricket? Because they're cricket mad there. Man. Yeah, cricket mad. Cricket mad. We um we we were like treated like. Rockstars, we weren't even <laughs> anyone. We weren't even like like kids. We were just coming up, and uh, I didn't even have an autograph at that point. I was uh, I was just signing something um, SC. I think I was just writing, but um, they didn't know who. They you know, um, but they they just thought we were part of a or well, we were part of a, a cricket team from Australia, from Australia. But it was they thought maybe that we were the the real deal. But yeah, um, mate, grab, grab some water. Amazing, amazing help. experience. Yeah. yeah, amazing experience for sure. Take a quick break and grab some water. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. On the cricket, on the tour, who else was – was there anyone that made it to the, the pro ranks that were in your team? Um, yeah, who do we have? We've got a lot of guys sort of floating around in the in the, in the the big bash at the moment. Um, like We've got some players at the Warriors, like Ashton Agar and yeah. Will Bazisto. Did Tom, you ever play against Doinus? No, nah, I didn't play against him. He was always a couple of years He's a big there. lad, eh? Big boy. Yeah, big boy. <clears throat> um, he's quality. I like him a lot. They always get his guns yeah. on TV. Yeah, he's, he's, compared yeah, to the cricket, I usually look exactly. Like. Yeah, he can hit the he can hit the ball. Um, but yeah, he was always a couple of years older than me. But um, yeah, did I've you been, play against him at all? No, nah, I didn't play against him. No, nah, he was. I reckon he was always. I think he might be about four years older than me. So yeah, okay. Ashton yeah, Agar was good, but remember Ash, he, de- Ash didn't he debut on like Ashes or Ashes, something. Ashes, yeah, he made ninety. I think ninety eight. Yeah, that's right. Coming yeah, like yeah, yeah, batting, and he wasn't even a, he wasn't even a batsman at that point. He was yeah. Um, yeah, so no, I was, I was lucky, man. I was, I was a bit fortunate, for, definitely for the, for that tour and and to to do a lot of things with cricket as well, and, and still close friends with you know a lot of those a lot of those guys as well. Yeah, at that age, did you which one did you think you were better at? I thought um, it, whatever was in the season, mm. like I, I really I really wanted to to play cricket for the fact that everyone said it was so hard to get into. Yeah, and, and for some reason with my personality, every time someone would say, "Oh, you should play footy," because you know, there's in cricket there's only eleven spots and, and footy there's twenty two and there's a lot of teams for for me that almost spurred me on to work harder. Yeah. Um which it you know, which it did, but I think ultimately it just came down to at that time, uh, I was going into footy season and I nominated off I nominated to the draft because, you know, I, I just thought if I 
if I was to give AFL a shot, I could do it now and I could always go back to cricket after. Mm. Um, but I really wanted to, you know, physically challenge myself in a, in a, in a more, more of a team environment to, to achieve the success. Okay. Mate, when I look at, like, the overseas stuff and you see things like the NFL draft and the NBA yeah. draft and the fanfare and all that sort of stuff, when you nominate for the AFL stuff, like, can you describe, the, like, what, what's a draft in the AFL when you're coming, like, especially coming from Perth? Yeah, um, my, my situation was a little bit different um, uh, because because G- the GWS were coming into their first season. Mm. They had um, literally picks one, two, three, five. Oh, um, they got that special consideration. They got a special consideration. Yeah, yeah. Now you'd go into it and it's you, you, might, you might have one pick in the... How it should work is you have one pick in the... Uh, top. So if you finish last, you get the first pick. If you yeah. finish second last, that's yep. how it works. So technically, you should only have one in the first eighteen picks. But mm-hmm. obviously, we're trading that. Um, that can that can differ. But I had um, I had Giants come to me about halfway during that season, um, and 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 say that they were going to take um, that Johnny Patton, who went number one in the end, and I went two yep. in the first couple of picks. Um, so we, so I had at least a few months to get my head around. The fact that I was moving um, to Sydney. Did you shoot yourself? No, you know what? I actually, like, I actually, for my life, I wanted to to move away at least once. Like get I mean, out of the comfort zone. Sort yeah, of I think or, I think yeah. just to learn. Um, even if I wanted to do it for two years and then come back to Perth, I was yeah. I was I was even if I was going to choose cricket, I, I wanted to live abroad and and, and develop. And mm. um, I think just for life experience, it's great. Yeah. Um, so for me, I was I was pumped. I was like, I'd only been to Sydney once before, and I, I hadn't really liked it. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but um. You know, I quickly fell in love with the with, with the city, but yeah, for majority of the cases, honestly, until a draft night, you don't know where you're going. So yeah. kids would be sitting at home if they're lucky enough to be at the actual draft, or they're at home with their friends and family, and they could get caught out by a Brisbane club, they could get caught out from a okay. team in Adelaide, they could get caught out from a team in Sydney. So, so could GW until that you get called? Could GWS yeah. still renege on what they told you during the year? Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could. Yeah, they, they they could. Luckily, I didn't have any other injuries or anything. To, yeah, yeah. Because if back, you did your ACL during the year, all of a sudden yeah. you're not as valuable, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I um, they could, but um, you know, the 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 general manager and list manager at the time who was still really close friends of me. I, you know, sort of. Yeah, touch what you don't want word, them to, but word. it can yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Jesus. So, at what age were you before the draft? Because obviously you're about 17, 18 years old now. Yeah. Like. In terms, because you were making a very big impact in the cricket field, but yep. when did you kind of think to yourself that you were kind of making some really good inroads in terms of your AFL stuff? Um, I, when I was 16, so the year before I got drafted, I won a, um, I won a Waffle Premiership um, with Swan Districts, who, who are my club that in, in the Waffle State League side, for mm. you know those that sort of don't know. Um, there's nine in Perth, and you, uh, as it works, you, you play... Um, you know, local footy, and then you get selected 14s, 15s, 16s, and then Colts, which is under 19s, yep. reserves, and league. Um, I remember I debuted in the Colts when I was 15. Yep. Um, so for me, playing under 19s as a 15 year old was, you know, wasn't common um, at all. You know, you might. So so I really um, got exposed to playing against older guys from, from an early age, and then. Um, that next year, I was um, playing some some good footy. I, I remember I got picked uh, underage for for WA, um, which was a, a big thrill for me. And then at the end of that at the end of that season, our team was probably the second best in the competition. And we're look we're, we're going to play finals. And I, I debuted with the league coach came up to me and, and mm. said, you know, do you want to train with the boys for a couple of weeks? So of course, said yes. And 
um, debuted round 22, um, played round 23, um, played the first final, second, the preliminary final, and then um, won a Waffle Grand Final at the age of 16. Um, so you're playing against men at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, that... Because that, uh, there were some tough bastards that are just weren't playing in the AFL yeah, anymore that it. came back, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, there was there was a lot, and uh, you know, I was, I was definitely copying it. I, I wasn't the size I am now, and um, but I definitely still had the same ambitions, and um, you know, I, I managed to to play pretty well on that day, and um, it was the turning point for me. You know, I think in my yep. life, I think in my life, not only not only footy, but in my life, just to um, just to make me sort of believe in myself a little okay. bit more um, and realize that anything's possible. Yeah, for sure. So, was there any other clubs that kind of you know did the whole? I'm assuming there's an interview process, testing yeah. process, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Aside from GWS, was there other clubs that were interested? No, nah, no. Like uh, draft camp, draft uh, draft camp. They usually do two weeks before yeah. the national draft. And I remember I went there in Melbourne, <coughs> and there's a huge amount of time allocated to guys just to to go to interviews. Um, and I remember at the time I had a knee tendonitis yeah Johnny Patton had knee tendonitis and one of my other really close friends um Jago Mira who was um looking like going to Gold Coast which he ended up doing mm. in the in the mini draft uh we're all at the camp and he he was sore as well with his knee so we couldn't do any of the testing and then uh he, Jago knew he was going to Gold Coast Johnny knew he was going to the Giants. I knew he was going to the Giants. So we pretty much had three days of nothing. Didn't have one. Bit of mischief. You know, the only, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> one of the nights I think we did, yeah. Um, but then the only interview we had was with the Giants, and it was more of a. We, we, I sort of I knew I'd met everyone in the meeting, yeah. Um, and it was more about you know the plans for the club, quick fifteen minute chat. Mm-hmm. So again, I was very very fortunate not to have that sort of anxious. Yeah. What's, anxiety what's a rookie around. contract? How long's a rookie contract? So. If you're a rookie, you get one year. Yep. Um, and then if you get selected in the draft, it's two. Yeah. Minimum two years. So you get a minimum. If when you get drafted, you get a minimum of two years. Okay. Can you can you manage and negotiate a fee, or is it kind of is there a set? No, nah, it's set for the first two years. It's set for okay. everyone. Everyone that comes in. The, yeah. Everyone that comes in. I guess from moving away, but at that time they probably cover you like you're moving away from home expenses. Yeah. yeah you had like, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Everything like thing. That. How was it like? Because you guys had a legend coach in Kevin Sheedy straight up. Yeah. What was it like to walk into a dressing room and have one of the greatest coaches of all time? Yeah, amazing. I think, um, as I said before, just very blessed for for my journey. And that's that's one of the the pieces of the puzzle that was just mind blowing for me. I think um, I remember meeting him about halfway during that year before I got drafted. Around about the time the Giants were, uh, I thought, you know, started hearing that they were they were sort of keen on me. Um, yeah. I remember I finished. I was I was uh, I was playing for WA. The carnival was just about to come up, mm. and we didn't finish training till usually like seven thirty, eight o'clock on those okay. nights. And we're playing at the training at the Wacker, and I remember finishing training and um, walking over to my dad who was picking me up, and Kevin Sheedy was sitting next to him, just rocked up at training. <laughs> How good! This is him. So he's rock. So this is like Sheeds for you. Yeah. Just rocked up at training. Um, uh, said who's Stephen's dad has he at home yep cool um, well I want to go for dinner dad or well, when tonight so you're not going to say no to Kevin Sheedy no. so dad's called mum made sure she could get there and I remember having a shower and just walking over and introducing myself and going for dinner with Sheeds and hey, no joke we had dinner for probably you know two and a half hours and did not say one thing about 
me with my footy, yep. nothing about him and his footy. It was just a chat to get to know mum and dad, yep. uh, myself. Um, but then when coming over and just seeing how he was as a person, as a coach, was just at that time, I'd, I'd love to have him now just for like um, – just more from a maturity factor because yeah. you know he said he said so many things as an as an eighteen year old that even at that time before a game or during the week that doesn't make sense and then two minutes later you're like you get it I get it yeah or you have to wait till half time and you're like okay that's why he wants us or like we'd get in before a game and he'd be talking about literally that first year and the second year I remember we'd get in before a game playing on the MCG and guys would be nervous mm. and he'd say. And all he'd have on the board was Jessica Watson, who was oh, yeah. younger. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. yeah, so she sailed around the world. And apparently playing on the MCG is intimidating, but she's, she's by herself like, yeah, yeah, going yeah, around yeah. the world. And Ashton Agar played as an 18-year-old and made 98 in his first game. So he always just, always just related it and would just take your mind off the task at hand and, 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 and settle you in a way that was just so motivating at the same time mm. was he kind of like because of all you boys you're all from different states like Sydney doesn't have juniors yeah like was he kind of like a bit of a father figure because sure. all your parents weren't there yeah for sure I think his workload was amazing what he you know he'd, he'd be often um in Canberra or Wagga or Albury yeah. during the week promoting our club and through different parts of western Sydney but um you know, they, they they did well with um you know a lot of our appointments early days and, and he was um you know still when he comes in now it's just uh he definitely has a, a part of the Giants forever. Yeah. Now Leon Cameron obviously coming in and like his success since he's yeah. been there second to none. Yeah. What's the difference in the style between the two two gentlemen? I think Leon's definitely um definitely uh I think the Shades type there isn't anyone anymore in the AFL. Yeah. He's more um, about like Wayne Bennett yeah, sort of stuff yeah, in a role if they're kind yeah, of comparing, right? Exactly. I think Leon um, is very much uh, new age with his own approach. I think um, he's uh, someone that you can definitely, you know, he's definitely a coach, but at the same time a mm. friend. Um, and, and for me it's important anyway. Um, I think to be able to, you know, he could pull me up and I respect him so much that he could pull me up and tell me when I'm doing something wrong or, or anything yeah. like that. And at the same time, Ask how, you know, not mum and dad, but how Sandra and Jane, how's your brothers and sisters, calling by their first names. And so that care actually, factor. Yeah, that, yeah. Care, that care factor, that empathy. Um, and then to be able to, you know, just be, be a person, which I think is, um, you know, important. And obviously I have a lot of, a lot of people to deal with, but, um, mm. that, that really personal factor. And I think as a coach, you know, he spent some, some, some time with some Bulldogs and Hawthorne, some very successful environments. And, um, he came across straight away and, I think a lot of what you see now, um, in terms of how our club and how great our culture is, he was at the start, um, probably, probably, yeah, probably one of the biggest reasons for why that is now. Yeah, Steve, how long did it take you? Because obviously you're in great shape now. You're ready for the rigors of, of AFL football. It's a long season. Like how long when you were the 18 year old? Then when did you feel comfortable body wise in terms of the rigors dealing with the yeah. rigors of the AFL? I don't reckon. Um, I don't reckon until. It's funny. Each each year, like I'm working hard. Yeah. And then you you saw and whatnot, but you're like, I'm working hard. And then yeah, then you, the next year, like actually, I'm working harder than the year before. Um, but I don't reckon it was until I was honestly until I was about 23. Okay. Where I was like, so okay, like five years in. Yeah. Um, like where you're like, okay, I know what I know what hard work is. I know, I know that 
shaving 30 seconds off my PB for a three car is possible. Mm. I know that I can lift heavy. I know that I can, I know that you know how to work hard rather before you think you're working hard, but you're actually not. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I think now, particularly with preparation, um, you know, thinking 24 hours before your training session, okay, I need to hydrate, I need to yeah. stretch, I need to do one more recovery, I need to do an Stretching's ice. Stretching's really coming into a focus now, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I, 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 that's that's a big thing for me, make sure I'm, I'm, I'm flexible. But um, Have you done much yoga or Pilates? Yeah, or we, yeah we do Pilates. We do, I've, I've done yoga before. It's um, good, eh? I only started it last year. Great. It's changed yeah. my life, mate. Great. I think, um, I think for me, yeah, I think the big, the big turning point for me was when I started to think more about my preparation for, for the yeah. next day and, and literally treat every training session like gold, like it was, like it was the last session you were going to do before you go into battle, sort sort of thing on the weekend. So yeah. for me, yeah, for me, yeah, I always try and live in that space and make sure every training session I do, I'm, I've prepared, you know, for like it's a game. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now we've touched on it briefly, you know, that the early kind of two or three years, the Giants coming in, and yep. you know, you guys getting belted, like some some games you're losing by a hundred points, yeah. like that resilience piece, like. For you young blokes, especially as a group, what stops you guys from quitting, especially when you know that there's no short-term fix? I think the, um, you know, our welfare, our welfare got, um, well, family really, his wife and himself, Craig Lambert and Mel Lambert, were great in terms of uh, making sure that, you know, we didn't slip too low. Mm. And, and our coaches and you know, particularly our general manager, Gabby Allen, Dave Matthews, Leon Sheeds were just were really good at selling their piece of mm. um, wait till we get to 50 games, wait till we get to 80 games together and watch what will happen from there. Yeah. And although there are times it, it was so hard, like I said to you, in that, in that second year there were times where I was just like, I don't know how we're going to get out of this hole. Mm. Um, and then you start seeing it happen and then the most powerful piece is when everyone actually believes and, and, and thinks it thinks it together. Um, you know, like our final series this year when a lot of people doubted us and you have... Yeah. You know, whole club sort of believing and believing that you can get there. Um, so yeah, definitely some, definitely some hard times, but we, we, we're all on the same page in terms of, um, believing that we're going to get there one day. Yeah, for sure. Grab some more water, man. Yeah. Doing good, man. It's awesome. Come on. <coughs> so Steve, looking back now. You know, we touched on those first three years. What do you think was maybe when you have a look, when you think about it, what was the key signing that you think was the catalyst behind you guys going from a losing culture to a winning culture? Yeah. Um, <coughs> uh, honestly, I think I think um, I think we uh, no disrespect to Gold Coast. I think um, we just got it. We we got it very right in terms of uh, the initial bit of signing Cal Ward. Um, Reese Palmer, Sam Reid, um, Phil Davis, Tom Scully in mm. that bracket where they were 22. And then so by the time we actually got good, they were 26, where, you know, Gary Ablett and a lot of these, Joe Brennan and a lot of those types that were signing, by the time Gold Coast started to becoming good, they were sort of at the, the latter end of their career. So that, that thing was great. I think um, the best signing for us was Heath Shaw. Okay. And Mummy, Mummy would be up there as well. Only because uh, I think before Shory came along, we actually didn't know how to win. Yeah. Um, and he's obsessed with, he's from an old school mentality in terms of how he acts around the club or okay. prepares around the club yeah. or p- 
Plays, so do you see him with his shoulders yeah. held higher? Yeah, plays he's, plays footy, but he's yeah. he's he's literally just addicted to winning. Yeah, um, and that that he rubbed that on rub that rubbed off on a lot of our players. I think um, just that obsessive nature around training, wanting to win in wanting to win in training when you're on mm. the you know the you know the, we laugh at A's and B's, but if you're on the B side, wanting to beat the A's and the A's wanting to beat the B's and little games you play, handball games, whatever. Just that obsessive uh, approach to to winning, to winning, yeah. Um, and then Shane was the same. I think the way those two play footy, um, and the way they prepare, it's definitely old school. Um, but the the one thing that they want to do the most is win. Great. All right, Steve, take me two thousand and sixteen because obviously one of the biggest milestones for the club because. With the Swans and you guys both being in Sydney, they're always the bigger brother at the moment because yep. they've got so much history. But 2016, you really gave him a whipping in that yep. semi-final. Yeah. Was that kind of like the first time that you guys felt that you were on par with the Swans? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think um, – I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and again, no disrespect. I, I just felt that that was the perfect perfect time. I couldn't have been more confident going into – yeah. it was the only final I've played in the NFL, but going into a game knowing that we were, we were, we were going to beat them. Um, and it was a build up of obviously years before that of yeah. copying some big losses. I remember that week that it was their home game and they played at a- they had to play at ANZ Stadium and they were they were kicking up a fuss. Um, they they weren't playing at the SCG and they had to play at ANZ, which was you know less than a kilometre from our home ground. Mm. I just remember feeling like we've got them, we've got them a prime here. Um, you know, there was an anticip like I've lived in Sydney my whole life, yeah. and there's been some big Swans games. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like both sides, like this yeah. is the first time there was an anticipation yeah. for a game on a Saturday afternoon yeah. that we switched off rugby league yeah, and watch. made that the priority sort yeah. of thing. No, I felt that as well. I think, um, and that, I think that was a turning point in, um, for. I think from after that year, definitely the like when you go to schools now, kids know more AFL players' yeah. names, um, Swans players, Giants players. They don't know AFL teams. You do a great job in schools, but like the yeah, we, visits you well, guys we do, are amazing. Yeah, I think it's it's part of our community thing. It's um, yeah, we we hold very high in terms of our values and, yeah. and culture at the club. But yeah, that, that that final was a special day, I think, for the club. But um, and it, and I think it sparked a rivalry for what it is now. Mm, absolutely. So you know, you talked about. I didn't realize you only played one finals game. So what is at it? that point? Yeah, how many yeah. have you played? Because you, obviously you, yeah. you didn't get to play last year. Yeah, I think I played eight now. Yeah. Okay. Played eight finals, three. Yeah, I can eight. Yeah. Mate, mm-hmm. it must have, you know, we've talked a lot about mindset and things like that, mm-hmm. but for you to miss, like, what the boys did in the semifinals mm-hmm. last year, that, like, that game against Collingwood, like... Yeah, unbelievable. That was unbelievable. Even though it was low scoring, it was mm-hmm. just, you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. And then not to be able to play in the grand final, like, that must have just absolutely tortured you inside. Yeah, it was a bit, it was a, it was, a, it was an emotional run, I think, um... Yeah, even just trying to get trying to get up, obviously for that grand final, and then um, you know, the, but the the best thing about that final series was obviously the way we we're playing, yeah. with the the environment around the club, like um, even going to that that Bulldogs game, I was so confident we we're going to win, the the Brisbane game, um, the Collingwood game, it was just like the the feeling around the group was just one of. Um, Guys couldn't wait to come in on a Monday. Yeah. Um, and usually it's, you know, like the other way around. You're sort of getting over the weekend. The, the weekend's, you know, either performance, win or loss. And um, we're just bouncing into, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Guys couldn't wait to get on the flight to get down to Brisbane and then Melbourne to play yep. games. Um, 
yeah, it was it was it was tough for me to watch, but definitely had genuine you know joy watching mm. your teammates go about it. And just well, the second best thing was seeing you boys because you yeah. had so many Pele's injured on the sideline. I mean. The support that you were giving yeah. your teammates was yeah. amazing. Exactly. So, um, like I said, as long as we can use that to to motivate us to to keep building and to get back there. Yep. Um, How close did you get to actually coming back? Yeah, I was close. I think, I think Leon left it up to me um, to to if I wanted to play or not. Yeah. Um, so I was really close. I think. Um, Could you have played off the bench? Like, you just yeah. Didn't- it was just for, for me, honestly. I just thought the way we were playing, um, and the momentum we had behind us. I know we had a lot of sore boys as well going into that game. Mm. Um, you know that that probably shouldn't have played if if it was another game. Yeah. But the fact that it was a grand final, I, you know, I had that in the back of my mind that I had to be playing for the right reasons. Yeah. And, and if I did put my hand up, I had to beat a hundred percent. And the fact that I wasn't sort of yeah okay. played with my mind a little bit and. I gave myself the best chance. Um, another week, I would have played. If it was the week after, I definitely would have, definitely would have played. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just have to make sure that you know we can get back there this year. Thank <laughs> you, will, mate. In terms of like the grand final week, even if you're not playing, like it must be an incredible experience, like just going down to Melbourne because what you guys do like all these breakfasts, yeah. all this media stuff, yeah. and yeah, it must be yeah, pretty cool. Uh, amazing. It was a great experience. I think um, one that we'll be better off for. Yeah, I think, um, but yeah, yeah, the one thing that yeah, it was, it's amazing week. I think Mel, any if anyone's been to Melbourne over those you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday of grand final, mm. it's just you know amazing just to to walk around and there's just a buzz and atmosphere yep. in that city um, when yeah when there's a when there's a grand final. So to be part of that and actually your team being in it and seeing the amount of orange and amount of support we actually got that week was just just incredible and um, definitely put a spotlight on our club and a lot of people were commenting on um, oh how good is this about the Giants or you know they do this in the community or they do um, you know they've done this and they've managed to keep these players and it was like it was almost like yeah, hang on we've been doing this for a bit <laughs> you guys yeah. are just seeing it now <coughs> um, but uh, yeah at least there was a you know celebration that highlighted probably some individuals or some areas in our club which hadn't shone through before yeah. in in uh, externally and obviously you don't you don't chase that praise but um you know, there was definitely it was definitely a celebration of what we've been able to achieve thus yep. far. When you look back, like because you guys played elimination footy the entire way through, and I know in the NRL, yep. like you know, you mentioned at the top of the podcast, you know, with the professional teams are just so close. Yeah, like you realistically do need to finish in the top four and win your first game, don't you, just to give yourself a rest because. Winning four games in a row against AFL yeah. oppositions is bloody tough. Yeah, we found out this year. We, 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 you know, as I said, we, we had a lot of guys that were sore and a big final series, a big year. You'd, it, 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 it helps so much. I think even that, that home ground advantage, I mean, you know, Richmond play a lot of their games at the MCG as it is, but, you know, to have to have 95... We played there two years ago in the preliminary final and there was 98,000 and we, they had 96,000 Richmond supporters. So it's like... yeah. Um, what's that like when there's oh, that man, much support against you? Are they giving it to you? They're giving it. They're giving it. They're definitely giving it to you. Um, but they're, they're cheering their team hard. But it's it's um, to be honest, we're in a, in a way we we're used to it. Yeah, um, I love it as well. I think. Um, Can you even hear your teammates? Can you hear? No, 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 not not like that. No, not not when it's like that. I remember that game in particular. There's been a couple where. There's, yeah, there's been a couple of uh, uh, spotless as well. I mean, sorry, not spotless. Giant stadium, giant stadiums, a loud stadium now. 
um, you know, when 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 we fill it out and there's and there's big games, but you can't hear nothing there. Yeah. No. Has there been anyone like there's so many superstars in the AFL now? Has anyone like blown you away with anything that they've done on the field that you just go, Jesus, that's kind yeah, of superhuman? Yeah. Early early days, early days there was a lot. I remember, you know, I used to, I used to you know tag or early days um, or man mark um, players like Gary Abler, um, Nat Fife, Dustin Martin of late, Patrick Dangerfield, and I remember early early days there was just some things they did that were. You know, we're like, how do you like, how do you do that? Do you remember shaking hands with like Gary Ablett for the first time? And, yeah, oh, Jesus. I remember Chris. I remember Chris Jard. I remember um, he was my idol growing up. Yeah, yeah. Him and Ben Cousins, obviously playing at West Coast, my idol growing up. I remember I was, I remember my second year, I got dropped, and I went up to um, I went up to Gold Coast to play in a in a reserves in a reserves game with their Naval side, um, and Carlton were playing Gold Coast after us. So we were the curtain raiser, and I remember. Um, being at a um, at dinner and our, our, our dinner room was opposite Carlton's and there was glass doors in between yeah, you know, yeah. both to get to the to get to the walkway and uh, I remember seeing Juddy walking towards the glass doors as I was um, and uh, no joke I was so, so star- starstruck that I've just completely gone <laughs> um, head face into the glass doors <laughs> thinking that it was you know he had to push out instead of you know pull back yeah. And uh, and him just and him just laughing and then um, you know walked me all the way to the lift and had 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 a really good chat with him no joke I don't know what what the hell I said but <laughs> it was just uh, you know it was, a very, it was a very starstruck moment for me that's for sure that's a cool story man next one mate I just wanted to turn a little bit away we'll do some just fast ones at the end yeah. but mate I saw that uh, you've got restaurants now so yeah. yeah I just wanted to you know entrepreneurship's obviously a big thing that you've kind of trying away from football now how'd you get into the kind of the restaurant game um so, yeah i think i think for me entrepreneur entrepreneurial people have always been sort of you know aside from sportsmen is my biggest inspiration for for stories or for, for motivation in mm. in life and i think um i've always just thought in that mentality i think even even you know in my in schooling and, and everything like that i always just had different ideas different a different approach to you know to a lot of my peers and I think um it's an uh, Italian approach man. yeah I think it is I think it is um I think uh you know my uncle was a butcher and you know, my my um my nonna and nonna sort of had a you know huge veggie you know yeah, and yeah. fruit you know, patch at, at the back of their place and I, I remember after just a couple of years of being up here in Sydney um uh, a friend a friend and I always used to uh go down and eat it um, which was the first Michelleria in Bondi, mm-hmm. and then and became friends with with the owner and and um, chatted about you know, plans to expand and um, you know develop the develop the concept a little bit. Yep. Um, and I was I was really keen at the time uh, to take it to Melbourne because I just obviously knew if, if we can get it close to the sporting precinct mm. um, down there near the MCG with the Australian Open with um, you know rugby with soccer and all that I think yeah. it'd be really good. So. Yeah, we just went from there. Um, opened up a bigger space in Bondi, Newtown, and um, and now with a couple of spaces in uh, Melbourne as well. Um, so yeah, that for me was yeah, it was you know really it was a goal of mine to to get into something like that early. Mm. Um, I'll have to so check like, it out. For yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. What uh, is it? Does it suit more? Is it more of a like you take a date there, or do you take do you have a steak with the boys do, there? No, you like... can do, the, the, be, the best thing is you can do whatever. Um, okay, so. For those, yeah, Mich- we're on Instagram. If I can shout it out, yeah, yeah, Mich- Michelleria Australia. 
Um, and you said locations, Bondi, Newtown. Yeah, Bondi, Newtown. Um, we've got Richmond uh, in yep. Melbourne, Mooney Ponds, if anyone's listening, and, and there's one down in Geelong now as well. Um, so pretty much the concept, Machalari is the butcher shop yeah, yeah. in Italian. Um, we're the butcher that cooks for you. And we mean that in terms of uh, when you walk in, there's a there's like a, a meat cabinet as you would in any any butcher shop. So you select with, what all, you with want. all meat. You select yeah, what you yeah. want. Above, we've got options on the board in terms of veggies, in terms of chicken, in terms of salmon, in terms of uh, any other sides. Uh, sweet potato chips are off the charts. So make sure you okay. make sure I you try them. Um, and then uh, and burgers as well, which are you know which are really good. And then choose what you want. Okay. Go and go and sit down. There's a bar there. Go and sit down, and then we'll cook for you. Bring it over. Finish your meal. Stay for as little or as long as you want. Yeah. Do you hang it. out there much? Yeah, I do. I try and um, I try and get there uh, a little bit. Um, but uh, but yeah, I try and try. Obviously, when I when I can enjoy a steak <laughs> rather than going there and filling up and being too heavy the next day for footy. Yeah, nice. I'm definitely gonna have to check it out, man. Yeah. All right. So just some fast ones just to finish it up now. First couple is just about you. The next couple, you can either dish out on your teammates or you yep. can actually wrap your teammates. All right, done. All right? Yeah. Okay. So the first one is, uh, Steve, what's your favorite goal that you scored? My favorite goal that I kicked, I kicked a, I kicked a left foot banana um, against Melbourne in Canberra. And uh, I just, I, I love it for the fact that it won our, it won the Giants goal of the year. Okay. And it beat, it beat um, a close friend of mine, yep. Toby Green. He finished second, and I'll bring it up a lot. Yeah, yeah. I bring it up a lot. I bring it up a lot, and I've hit the actual um, the actual awards above his locker still. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I remind him about it on the daily. I like that. All right, away from Spotless Stadium. What's your favorite? Uh, maybe even MCG. We'll take yeah. those two out. What's your favorite venue to uh, go? Uh, I love Optus Stadium now. I think um, the Adelaide Oval is a special oval, but yep. the new Optus Stadium in Perth. That looks cool, playing man. in front of. Yeah. Uh, it's like a mini MCG almost. I reckon. Did you have a chip on your shoulder when you went back to Subiaco? <laughs> a little bit, like. To oh man, I did, but it got got brought down um, quickly back to earth when you got <laughs> Nick that knew he hitting him uh, everywhere. Yeah, and true. Aaron Sandlin's hitting him everywhere. It was uh, we copped some big losses over there, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. This one you can wrap a teammate. Who's your funniest teammate? Sure, he's definitely the funniest. Sure? Yeah, you just yeah, definitely. Next one's very interesting. It's a, it's a brand new one I brought up. Now everyone has a Donny Bradman in there. Yeah, the guy that's not that great looking, but somehow <laughs> pulls all the birds. Yeah, who's that? Ah, oh, good question. Um, he's not a teammate anymore, but Johnny Patton. Oh, really? <laughs> he's a good looking. He's a good looking boy. I'll give it to him. Um, but I think it's something about the height, maybe that the girls just the girls love him. How tall yeah. is he? I think he's two hundred. Okay. Yeah. So he's about six seven or something. Yeah. Yeah the, the, yeah. the girls do like Johnny. Yeah. Now, mate, I know you've got your own best. You know, you're a very good in your dress sense. I know yeah. you see you in Hamani suits and all sorts of stuff, mate. But who do you reckon your best dressed teammate is? Good question. Good question. Um, there's a there's a lot of boys that that like the dress. I don't mind. Um, I don't mind. They're a different fashion to me. Yeah. So it's it's hard. Do to, you guys have a good yarn about like yeah, different things? And we do. Um, we do. I'm just trying to think. Probably say Lockie Whitfield. Lockie dresses. Lockie's got some only because his varieties. Okay. He can change. I like, I like guys that have like a different. They can wear different things different for different things. occasions. Okay. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Next one. Who's the biggest pest at the club? Shane Mumford. Okay. Yeah. Without a Just doubt. Just relenting. Without a doubt. That's all. I don't know. I don't know. Week 
day-to-day at the club. I'm not sure what he does, but he's, he just <laughs> he just annoys everyone. But he's great for it. I love him for it. <laughs> All right. Who's the, be- who's, like, who's the socialite? So the guy that organises the, the evenings out. Yeah, um, Sam Reid. Sam Reid's um, very good at that. He's been... Uh, He's been head of the social committee for a, for a long time and, and does a good job. So is he also the guy that you turn up at the club and they go, "Oh, boys, you can come in." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty okay. much. He's he's he's, uh, he's he's done some good yeah celebrations. Okay, a couple of bests and worsts. Who's got the best rig? Oh, Brett Delidio. He he finished up. He finished up last year. He retired. He was his his rig was always uh, always, was always good. on point. Yeah, always on point. And flip side, mate. Who's Got the worst rig, Ooh. and you just give it to him. Um, I gave him a pump up before the fashion. Lockie Whitfield. <laughs> no, he's such a good <laughs> he'd dresser. Probably, yeah, he'd probably say himself. Um, he'd probably say himself. But uh, yeah, he's a, he's a star player, obviously. <laughs> All right, final question. It's just my dinner party question. You got five invites to a private dinner party. Okay. Now, only rules: no family or friends, but you can invite anyone you would like, dead or alive. Dead or alive? Yep. You got five. That's a great question. Um, for, I'm, gonna, I'm inviting a guy called Gianni Agnelli, who's okay. um, their family. They own the Agnelli family of, you know, in Fiat. So yeah. they own Ferrari and Jeep and all that. Good so invite. You that. car, right? And, and then they own Juventus, which is close to my heart. Oh, you go for Juventus? For Juventus. I'm a big Juventus Yeah, nice. So, so Have you been to a game running? I've been to lots. Yeah, I've been to lots. So I try and go at least every year in the off-season. So. Nice. So you've seen Ronaldo play? When seen Ronaldo playing. play. Yeah, seen Ronaldo play. Yeah, um, amazing. I think that was probably one of the best days of my life when he signed for the club. So I'd have him. I think he's, he's, uh, his story is amazing. I'm, I'm reading a book Cristiano about it. number two? I'd have Cristiano. Um, just for, from a... Actually, would I have Cristiano? Is the, is the book new? On, on the Agnelli one, I'm saying not the Ronaldo one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So I have I had I've had Gianni Agnelli. I like Oprah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, cool. I like Oprah. I reckon she'd have some pretty cool. Um, oh, backstory. Some pretty cool. And, and she's okay. uh, and she's obviously interviewed a, a lot of people. So I'd have her. Um, sporting wise, um, uh, I saw that you met Kobe. I met Kobe. Yeah. Was that just the preseason? That was when he when about he about three months about three months ago. Yeah. Where but, was it? Obviously, yeah. Um, it was in uh, it was in LA. It was wow. in LA. I was over there. Um, I was over there and um, literally got an email that up before from his uh, assistant. Uh, yeah. He emailed our CEO and just said, "If you guys have half an hour in the morning, Kobe's got half an hour free." And then um, and then yeah, so I went in and spent I reckon forty five fifty minutes with him. Wow. First impressions, like I uh, mean, I walked like yeah. Obviously, uh, the news just like. Oh, rest in you know, rest in peace. Firstly, mm-hmm. and then um, oh, it was just amazing. I walked in there, and um, he he goes like straight up. How, how's your knee, man? What he already knew, so he did a bit of how's research you, on you. How's your knee? Um, all done on staying with the club. You got seven years. That's great. Um, just knew like what well on with the like, and then throughout the conversation with him, you boys did so well. Um, so he's respectful enough to oh, actually man. Like, find yeah, out some yeah, stuff even if he, even if even if his assistant just worded him up beforehand. Yeah. Um, but just, it's just, he knew just your name. Yeah, I'm not joking. He would yeah. have said he would have said six or seven things that knew where I was born, when I was born. Um, just just an amount, just amazing. I think obviously he was a big inspiration for for me. I'd have him. I'd have him at the, the dinner table because uh, a lot of a lot of my I don't know my mindset around. How I approach training and mm-hmm. how I approach games in the last four years, 
has definitely been around that mamba mentality, mentality that, yeah, that, yeah. that he speaks about. So he'd definitely have a seat at the table. Um, I still yeah. remember, man. Like I went oh, 2010, first yeah. time I seen him live, yeah. like play. And yeah. like at the time, I was only young, so I saved up all his money just to go to LA. Yeah, that's kind of the impact that he kind of had because oh, huge. he was never say die. Do yeah, you know what I mean, like he just kind of had that approach. It doesn't matter if it's sports, yeah. business. Like if you don't exactly. give up and you believe and you just focus just intently yeah. on that, yeah, you know, there's. It's, I agree. It's gonna work. Yeah, you know? some of the stories of him are just um, just incredible. Even uh, even like you said, the the business ones and. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, and I, I think as well for a human, like the, the amount of people that are in that city, and a guy with a four letter name can mm. you know have such an impact on um, on even everyone. Is just I was wearing my yeah. jersey all week. Yeah, exactly. Like. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so he'd he'd he'd, uh, he'd he'd definitely be at the definitely be at the table. Yeah, well, you got you actually got to invite him first because I think people leave him off and put Michael Jordan on only yeah. because obviously Jordan's yeah, been retired better. for long enough but yeah. now that legacy is kind of like unfortunately passing away I yeah. think we're going to see more and more Kobe Bryant yeah. being on this dinner party yeah no, I think so so we've got how many we got there four got I think we've got one more got no two three. more yeah, it's got two more tough man I've got a lot of uh, a lot of people floating through my head at the moment um, you're reading any books in the moment are you, are you big on I am I'm big on books. I, I like um, I like in in I like more like so like the sell. I'm, go, I'm going to sell. Yeah, I'm going to sell. Yeah. Like if I'm if I'm at a bookshop, I'm going to like a business section or a self help yeah, yeah, section. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, business wise, may, maybe like a, someone like Tony like Tony Robbins, yeah. someone like that. Well, Conor McGregor said it helped him. Kind of, in his yeah, combat, maybe so. like so. I'd say I've, I've read a lot of a lot of his stuff. So I'd, I'd probably have someone like that at the table. Yep. And then I'd, I'd need someone funny to break up the. Um, the <laughs> I always said Kevin Hart. Like huh? Kevin Hart's usually the guy. Man, that's actually too. that's actually a great call. I was I was, uh, I, was about, I was thinking him before. I was thinking of comedians, and I've I've actually read his book. If anyone hasn't read his book, it's a f- fantastic book of where, where he sort of yeah. come from in his life. But have you have you watched the uh, Netflix yeah. docos? So that's funny. incredible. Too, I went man. to the one here in, uh, in Sydney when he came last year. How was that? Yeah, so funny. Yeah, but uh, I'd actually. He'd he'd be he'd be right up there in terms of yeah, someone he'd probably he'd take the fifth spot. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. Well, Steve, really appreciate you joining me on the podcast. Before I let you leave, get following Stephen. Instagram, Twitter is pretty easy. Stephen Canilio, spelled C O N I G L I O. Another plug for the restaurants, mate. Yeah, so head down Machelaria. Our Instagram is Machelaria Australia. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe yeah, give me a shout out on Instagram uh, if you're at the one of the restaurants, and I'll um. Make sure I reply. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. before we let you leave, when's the actual? I'm sure trials are just about to because you guys yeah. play a preseason cup too. Yeah, yeah, we play a couple of preseason games. Our first game is against Geelong um, at the Giant Stadium, twenty twenty first of March. Um, the, the AFLW are playing beforehand in a game, so yeah, make sure uh, make sure we get as many people there as possible to be a yeah, great spectacle for the club. Mm. And then AFL season will kick off mid March. Yeah, March twenty one. Who's your first? Be, that'll be, that'll be a, we're playing Geelong. Oh, that actually is that's the one. Yeah, the first actual. Yeah, we game. have. I think Feb twenty eight was our first, um, our first preseason game. Okay, and then we'll, so we have a couple of trial games, and then March twenty one is our first one against Geelong. Yeah, nice one. Well, yeah. Steve, all the best. Hopefully, I want to see you up there because you're captain now. So <laughs> I want to see you delivering that flag to the boys at the end, mate. So I'm sure you can do it. Like you've been there the last couple of years. I think the next stepping stone is for you guys to excuse me lift that trophy, mate. So all the best for it. No, thanks, TK. Appreciate you having me on as well. Awesome, man. And that, guys, was Stephen Canilio. Definitely 
check him out across all his different social medias, even pop in to his new town or his, or his Bondi restaurant. Let him know that you're coming in. I'm sure that he'll come over for a yarn. All right, guys, next week on the show, we've got Sydney Roosters legend and assistant coach Craig Fitzgibbon, one of our absolute all-time favorite players for myself. It's going to be an absolute cracking chat. Definitely share the if you love today's show, share it with your family and friends. Tag me on any posts, social media. I'm at Talking with TK across my Twitter or Facebook or Tristan Nell on my Instagram. Send me an email if you want to get in touch. Tristan at talkingwithtk.com. Any guest requests or with footy starting if you want to have a chat about the footy. Always happy to have a yarn. Big week coming up uh, after this. Pat Richards and Chris Heinington will follow. Just recording a few more potties this week as well. So we've got plenty in store for season four of Talking With TK. But if you can help me continue to spread, spread the word, if you can also leave reviews on Apple Podcasts or the Facebook page, that would be most appreciated. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in with me this week. I'm Tristan Cannell, and this was Talking With TK.